Hello, welcome back to Nerd Geek Dork. It's our podcast where we talk about the nerdy, geeky, and dorky side of things. All kinds of things. Uh, I'm Pete the Retailer. With me, as always, is L. Adam. Hello. And uh, today we uh, we have an episode where we talk about something that neither Adam or I have any real knowledge of or experience with. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The, the TV series, as we both uh, are quite knowledgeable of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, we knew about the movie. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where it ends. But uh, Buffy was uh, is still is a pretty popular TV show. Uh, was on the air from '97 to 2003. It's the brainchild of uh, Joss Whedon, who is uh, very popular in our circles. Um, but yeah, we had no knowledge of anything going into this. Yeah, so we really pitched it as you know, uh, they need to sell us on Buffy, uh, and the they in question. Uh, this week we had uh, Elvis, we had Joey, and we had Kara, and they did a pretty good job, I think. Uh, after listening to it, I wanted to go and, and actually check it out. Hmm. Uh, I could see myself doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's hear their arguments, see what they had to say, and uh, we can decide for ourselves after this. Sounds good. All right. All right. This is going to be a kind of a weird episode because uh, both Adam and I have no real experience with Buffy whatsoever. I think our our point of reference is the movie for both of us. Holy shit! That's uh, a yeah. point of reference. <laughs> yeah. So you know nothing about the show. Very little. It, it should be a good uh, opportunity because now it's not only talk about it; it's it's you have to sell us on it at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I, I I find it hard to accept the Buffy universe without David Arquette and Luke Perry. <laughs> but you find it hard to accept most things without David Arquette. So. It's true. He is charming. And a former wrestling champion. What? The movie is like the worst. I mean, compared yeah. to the, you know, if you compare the show to the movie, it's, they almost have nothing to do with each other. So you're not, for... you're not selling me on it there because I remember liking the movie. I, granted, <laughs> so it's been a little while. Yeah, I, I love the I like movie. the show a lot more. It seems like such an investment, says the guy who watches every episode of Futurama like every other night. <laughs> well, it, it is... That is a big thing. It is, like, another reason why I feel like I haven't uh, gotten into it is because I feel like I missed the, the cultural phenomenon. You know, I'm, like, outside of the zeitgeist now, so going back is, like, okay. To go back and start, what is it, seven seasons? Right. Of a show from the 90s? Yeah, I find it real painful to watch alone. It's <laughs> really, really enjoyable to watch with other people. Hmm. There's a lot of fodder to, you know, make fun of and enjoy in a group setting. Wow, alone you become just way too critical of it, and there's a lot to be critical of. Well, I think that's like in thinking about like the, the series for, for for our talk today, like that. The, it's funny with Buffy that there's so many things. Like with Firefly, I love all the characters. There's all like I love everything about Firefly, but with Buffy, like there's so many things I don't like about it. It's amazing that I've watched it the whole series over and over again. Right. Um, I feel the exact same way. 
it's like from the the title alone to like there's I made a list of characters in every season that I dislike and that annoy <laughs> me from wanting to watch those episodes. But the reason to watch it and the reason why it doesn't matter that it's like past its time is because there are cons like there's a steady stream of like incredible writing, great twists and ideas and like where they just kind of are just pushing the envelope for the hell of it and just having like doing like just going places with it that are amazing that and that you're not seeing that kind of that kind of conceptual like rendering anywhere else. And so even though it's surrounded by like Faith and Wesley and Riley and Don, like you you get over it because at the core you're you're seeing something that you're not finding elsewhere. Yeah, and within that, there's genuine character evolution throughout the series. Like, none of it feels forced or, I don't know, characters leave the show, but for reasons outside of the show, but it always feels really well worked into the whole flow of the seasons. Hmm. Except for season four. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a total clusterfuck. Yeah, the initiative, I mean, it's everything about, I was like, I was like, at first I was like, yeah, fourth, fourth season, Riley, I don't like Riley. It's like, no, I don't like Walsh either. I don't like Adam. The initiative hey. annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> season four has the episode where Jonathan is the center of the universe and everybody worships him. I mean, you know, all the seasons are kind of uneven, but even if half of that season is terrible it also has like one of i think the best yeah yeah like hush i think is probably the best episode i almost don't even want to talk about that episode (laughs) (laughs) the evolution of jonathan in and of himself is just amazing yeah i guess we do have to walk a line between you know sell me on it but also no spoilers so yeah. The, the thing was with that with that many episodes, like anything we say today, your brain's going to be tapioca and like you'll get to it and then you'll remember <laughs> it after you've already seen it. Yeah. But there's oh, just yeah. so much to to get through with the show. Uh, like we haven't even mentioned Spike, like one of the favorite favorite character like and that really gets you through a lot of seasons or something, yeah. but um like we haven't even gotten to Spike yet and there's so many like so many episodes that you couldn't really it's like I was like I can't I couldn't pick a favorite episode. Do we want to go by season? Like how do we want to format this? Do we want to just talk about it by season or by characters or talk about everything that Felicia lines. Day is in. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Well, all right, that's one thing I was going to ask. It's, you know, uh, for some shows there's consensus as to like, all right, well, you know, Season one is kind of crap, but then, you know, by the time you get to three, like, it's awesome. Like, is it one of those kind of shows? Does it start out slowly? Like the U.S. office. Right. Or, uh, you know, (laughs) next gen, Deep Space Nine, et cetera. Yeah, most people agree season one is is pretty awful. Um, And I actually just tried to rewatch season one again, and I was not able to. Like, nowadays, we usually just skip ahead to season two because that's when things start to get good. Yeah, no, I would say that, like, I mean, it's basic. You're beginning, like, it's tough to go back after you've seen the whole thing and see them back, like, as young as they're going to be with, like, I mean, it's kind of formulaic, like, that first season. But also, but part of that formula, the last time we watched it, was that that first season, and it kind of shows through, but, like, every episode, they set you up for this thing, and then in each one, they go a step further. Like, you think you know what the situation is, and I feel like in each one, they were like, we want to exceed your expectations for every episode. I mean, it's a little slow. It's not the best season or whatever. I'm not disagreeing with Kara, but I'm like... but Better not. 
<laughs> I think season one, outside of the context of the other seasons, is pretty enjoyable, but just a little basic. Like, you're going to get mostly what you expect and a little bit more, but it will prep you for the enjoyment of the seasons after. Like, it's a really good starting point for a show, hmm. is what I think. Yeah, right. but it doesn't really stand out compared to other, like, TV shows today. Like, I don't think it holds holds up as well as... The later no, seasons, really. Later age, seasons like have, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas the other seasons really do, like you know, have a lot of episodes that'll blow your mind, but you don't, you know, get that in season one. So you know, skipping season one was never an option. Uh, it's that nerd <laughs> gene kicks in, and I have to watch all of it or none of it. But it's true. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just want to be prepared. Oh, I'm what, not, what the slope is, what the arc is here, as far as enjoyability. I don't think any of us are not recommending it. I think for, for a new watcher, I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. One of the times we watched the series again, just because I was like, I wanted to build up to the musical properly. And the musical was like midway through the sixth season. And I basically watched like 90 episodes just because you really can't do the musical justice unless you watch them. <laughs> yeah, you need to be pretty invested by that time to really get the most. Right. But, but you're that's get, the thing. But, it's really easy to get invested in the characters as you watch it, except for a few. There's a few irredeemable people in it. <laughs> Who's irredeemable? Uh, Joyce. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love Oz. Joyce and Oz just off the top of my head. No. No Oz, huh? Oz is awful. Oz is the best. He's the coolest. No, that's the point. He's not. He's the least cool. He's trying so hard to be cool that he's just not. (laughs) Come on. He's smart and dirty. That's Seth Green, right? Yeah. He's like a werewolf, right? Spoilers. Sorry. He's <laughs> um, like a werewolf. Yeah, he is he is like a werewolf in general. Every every line out of his mouth is is some quirky uh, reference or comment on what's happening. Like he he never see, he never felt genuine to me. Is he like the the annoying friend in the dandruff commercial? <laughs> no, he's like you, Pete. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> those I'm not saying those two aren't different. That's a I was going to say my favorite characters of the whole show are it's like a tie between Oz and Spike. Wow. I mean, besides Buffy, of course. See, I, I don't mind. I'm in the middle on the Oz question. Um, like watching it again, I think he, he comes off as a little, his existential angst is a little too trying in some ways. But otherwise, I think he's really cool. Xander does his job way better. Like, he fills that role in that show way better than he does. <laughs> he feels more of a three-dimensional character. I was going to say Xander seems like someone that would drop me to that show. So what do you yeah. know about Xander? You've been watching these shows and not telling me, haven't you? <laughs> I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen like five minutes of an episode, but I have seen two whole episodes of, uh, of Angel, if that's, that counts. That's true. I was going to say I'm not completely without point of reference i i saw the episode where angel is a puppet of angel oh i want to see that one <laughs> so that, that's my entire point of reference for the buffy verse is yeah. angel was a puppet you yeah. guys really have to get your priorities straight here yeah <laughs> yeah I, I it was after an islanders game and pete you dropped me off at katie brown's house we ordered pizza and she was like hey do you want to watch angel and i was like okay 
but I laughed throughout most of those episodes because it was just really weird. And then Buffy showed up, so I guess that counts, right? She was in those episodes. <laughs> yeah, she was in it. <laughs> then you Can know we more all than agree, me. though, that Joyce is the worst mother in the history of television? <laughs> Wait, isn't Veronica Mars's mom like the worst? Didn't she like abandon her kids or something? Well, that's better. Uh, Buffy I never finished that show either. Joyce so. abandoned her. Like she is the most <laughs> condescending, like non-supportive mother <laughs> in the history of television. <laughs> Even when she finds out that Buffy's the Slayer, it's all when can't you just stay home tonight? Like, <laughs> go let your friends die instead of you. Sounds like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Joss Whedon said that he originally wanted Buffy not to have parents on the show at all, but Um, he thought that was just too unrealistic, so he ended up working them in, basically, but hated them. (laughs) Well, it shows through. Even, like, the dad, you know, in the beginning, he comes around, like, you know, once, I think, or once or twice, like, he comes up. But, like, then by the time, like, Don is around, it's like he moved to some other country and abandoned (laughs) them or whatever when things are the worst. I don't dislike, uh, again, I'm I'm, I'm a little even on joy. My favorite episodes, though, with her is the ones when she's so wrapped up in the art gallery that she can't, like, see the (laughs) obvious signs of destruction around her. <laughs> it's like your stupid gallery. What the hell are you thinking? So I guess I agree. I never think of her as the the bad mother, but uh, but yeah, I guess there is plenty of yeah, plenty of that. <laughs> Does the whole thing? Are they in high school throughout the whole thing, or they go to college? Somebody mentioned college before. Is it the first yeah. three seasons? They're in high school, and then um, they're in college, and then at the end, like Buffy is just out on her own. Yeah, um, yeah, she drops out after. Oh, she drops out, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I know I've read before, like, with the show, he wanted to do exactly what he wanted to do with the movie, but, you know, the movie kind of got away from him and became, like, this whole silly thing. So were the characters kind of, like, fully formed by the end of the first season? Because, you know, how sometimes after a season, a show just won't grab you, you know? Like, was it one of those shows that kind of had it together from the start? I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree. The characters change a lot, but it feels organic. (laughs) Like they don't change suddenly between seasons. Yeah, no, definitely not. Well, maybe, but because of things that happened the season before, there's like time gaps in between a few of the seasons where things change quite a bit, but it's, it makes sense. But the Buffy Willow Xander like industrial complex is, is pretty solid from the, they, they, they have those like, I mean, they developed them all, as, as Elvis po- pointed out, but they they knew where they wanted with those characters from the start. Yeah, especially Xander. Like, I, I feel like Xander is extremely underrated in, like, the annals of television history as one of the most, like, fully realized characters in a TV show. Kara, didn't you say that he wasn't an actor? Or that he, that was his... <laughs> well, acting ability aside. <laughs> no, 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 but I'm saying that, like, part of the, that he... But they just found they found the real life Xander and uh Oh really? <laughs> I actually I just found that out. The one where um where there's the, the double Xander episode with like where there's two of him. It, he actually has a twin brother that was in that, like a real twin brother. Wow. <laughs> that played that role. Okay, I'm gonna put that in the plus column. Real <laughs> real twins. I actually am not. I wasn't a huge fan of the Xander character, but my favorite episode with him is the one, um, the Zeppo, where he goes 
basically goes out to get donuts for everybody while they all like and his has his own little adventure while they're all like saving the world. <laughs> There's an adventure donut episode. I'm pretty much sold on the series. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna put that in Adam's plus column. Yeah. Adventure donuts. Yeah, and there's so many things. It's just like you mentioned, like the puppet episode with Angel. Like there's 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 little gems in every season. Like you go through. I can't even like. It's, there's so many that like going back through. I don't recognize like titles or anything, but I just know that you just, you just jump in and like you you you're guaranteed to, to hit a good episode every few. Like a, an outstanding episode, let me say. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there there is like a lounge singer demon too, right? I. I think, or was that Angel? I don't know. That's in the musical episode. Right. He's the facilitator of group singing. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, see, I've heard it. That's another reason why I think, you know, I've never jumped into it is because all the, you know, a lot of the stuff that people talk about, the highlights or what have you, is stuff from later on that you can't, just jump in and watch that because you have to appreciate the characters and their relationships. Um, so you can't just be like, ah, this episode's great, watch this. Well, it's it's like the later seasons in any series, though. Like, they really go outside the box on those, and those are the ones that you really remember. But, like, right. season three is just laden with classic episodes that really aren't, like, don't stand out for any particular reason, but other than that just being, like, solid television with characters that you give a shit about. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, what what everybody's favorite Big Bad is, and I think that season three, The Mayor, might be my favorite. The trio I like a lot, too. The trio I go, and, like, I was just... Yeah. The nerds, yeah, and like this is—it's perfect because there's three of them: nerd, geek, dork. I was gonna say, can we break them out into those three because they like you guys have to watch it just for them. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Because the bat—it's like the sixth season. Like talking about favorites, the sixth season is my favorite episode. Um, like oh, the last time I watched it, so Joyce. Well, I guess we got to give spoilers. Are just going to happen here, right? Yeah, yeah. We can't okay. really avoid it. All right, well, let's... Every, everyone's seen the show, but us. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like it. You know, <laughs> anyone who's watching this has seen this, but us. Who's watching but, uh, us? Nobody's watching us. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fifth season, Joyce dies. And the show goes, like, I didn't realize that they really, like, it goes so dark from then on. Like, I remember, like, sixth yeah. season being dark. And that's, like, part of what I like it about it is that, like, Buffy, who you've seen, like, in high school, she's got shelter with the mom, like, and she's in high school. And so she's a kid or whatever. But in season six, it's like she's the slayer. She's been through so much at this point. And in addition to like saving the world, she needs a job and is working at a burger, uh, a burger joint, a supernatural one, of course. But um, wait, a supernatural burger joint? No, no. Well, oh. there, there's there's mayhem going on there. Also. <laughs> uh, Plus one for Adam. yeah, her mom's dead. She's, <laughs> a, she's in a dysfunctional relationship with Spike. Like, really, there's no there's no bright spots. <laughs> well, she's like destined to kill him, right, or something. He's a vampire. He has to die. Spike is a weird case. <laughs> yeah, you didn't show publicly you know about Spike. Um, Spike uh, is, is, yeah, Spike and Angel, you've got, like, the two, like, cases, the, the positive cases for vampires. <laughs> 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 like, a few more, and, like, then you go straight to the true blood, equal, uh, equality for all type thing, because they're just people. <laughs> <laughs> I 
have a question. Did you guys watch the show as it was on when it was actually showing like new episodes week by week? Yeah. No. I never. I, I have I a did. question. Was was Dawn the typical like bring in a kid save the show tactic, or was that was the show doing bad at that point? Because I, I always felt like. It might be the one exception <laughs> to the rule. Actually, well, they planned to have Don come on to the show. Like, from two, two seasons before that, they're already alluding to her. Yeah. Like, there are already, the clues Ooh. are already there. That scene where Faith and Buffy are making the bed and the dream, it's like two seasons ahead. And yeah. you're like, holy crap. They're already, like, talking about little sis and Don is coming. <laughs> So it's not like a cousin Oliver or a yeah. Uh, well, it is exactly like that. I mean, it seems that way, but that's actually part of her backstory. Yeah. Is that she the doesn't way she's really introduced is is amazing. Like right at the beginning of that season, is yeah, real it's cool. pretty, it was pretty mind blowing to see <laughs> yeah. it happen. But it is anytime. I mean, you know, even rewatching it, it's still really fun. A lot of people don't like Dawn because she's kind of an annoying character, but. I loved Michelle Trachtenberg on, Wait, whoa, on yeah. Pete and Pete. So <laughs> Same here. <laughs> <laughs> so I never really, I, I was always fine with her. She even though she does get a, no, she doesn't. I wish. <laughs> yeah. I always thought the intricacies of her story arc were more than made up for her being an annoying little shit on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she comes around eventually. Yeah. And she plays the role. role, and it's like, it's clear that, like, I mean, Josh was aware of new siblings appearing out of nowhere, and so it was like, he was just having fun doing it and meaning to do it, like, yeah. not not just for ratings, I think. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a wink and a nod to, like, all that. <laughs> is there a lot, of, I mean, that seems to be something that he does a lot, just kind of like, okay, you know, you are aware of the, you know, either limitations or the, you know, the functions of the genre or whatever, and then, like, tweak it a little bit. And it's, uh, it works a lot at the time, but then that, once you tweak it once, then a lot of, you know, it kind of creates ripples, and then we, we kind of evolve past that once it's like a, like a floodgate opens, if you follow in where I'm going. Do you think that would take away from viewing now? Uh, the cultural uh, idiom has changed in part because of Buffy. Yeah. So now kind of tweaking the genre is not going to be either A, as evident, or B, as uh, effective 10 you years down the road. You need to go into it, like, knowing that the show is, however, what, 15 years old now, or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it, wow, 15. You've got to give it some leeway in terms of that. Like, it's going to date itself at times, but it's smart enough and, and written well enough that, like, just the dialogue in itself will carry you through a lot of episodes. Right, and it would be something that's it's not like that they are... Like with the adding the sibling, it, it's a it's a nod to that general idea as opposed to a specific rendering of it. Like it's not a, a joke about a particular show or like the references or whatever. It's just kind of a, a level above that so that it kind of stays like it stays fresh, even though maybe there hasn't been a show that has has pulled that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> OK, you no, know, I mean, just the, the thought of this show and everything, it seems like uh one of those shows that would do a subtle fourth wall breaking. Does that ever happen? Like from the few minutes I've seen of episodes, it seems like there's the potential there that that show could, you know, do a casual like wall break. If you, I think the only, I think the only person that ever comes close to that is Xander at a few points. That's probably who I'm thinking in terms of like just self-referential stuff. But like outside of that, I I think they they keep it pretty insular. Can't think of any instances of that. 
but but the musical is another one that's like a nod to you know a nod to something a trope obviously because it is a musical but they're really but they, they deal they with play such it up very heavy cheesy. issues in the plot yeah. like, during it that, like you don't even <laughs> yeah and it, it totally advances the plot so yeah and so what season is the musical six six is probably my favorite season Mm-hmm. Six and three, and then they're a toss up between them. But there you go. Yeah, no, totally. But I like, but two and like two and five. Also, like Spike coming in. Like I forgot how early Spike comes in the last time we watched it because I felt like was well, starting off. You're like, oh, okay, the first season's a little slow. Like, and I always felt like Spike didn't come in until later. But he's Me there too. in the second. I just season. started watching it again recently, and I was like, holy shit, Spike's already there. But it's because you probably you remember him more for. After his turn, when he gets the fucking chip or whatever that is. Right. right. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> is he uh, controlled by a computer chip? The military industrial complex. <laughs> yeah, fourth season, he gets a chip implanted in his head that makes him, he can't hurt humans, but he eventually finds out that he can hurt demons. And so, um, he becomes he one her. of the good guys. So he becomes a good guy mainly because he just still wants to hurt people. Yeah, he yeah. never. He's never really a good guy. <laughs> he just takes the lesser of two evils, <laughs> wow. or the lesser of two goods, I guess. <laughs> that's that's uh, interesting. I don't think I've ever met a female who's who watches the show whose favorite character isn't Spike. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there, but <laughs> not one have I ever met. <laughs> yeah, it's it, part of uh, my reluctance. I'll, I'll throw another log on that fire. Part of my reluctance to watch it comes from uh, you know working in in retail of the nerd industry uh, during the heyday of the show, oh, and, yeah. and just there, there's a you know <laughs> not to stereotype, but there's a stereotype. Yeah, Elvis, weren't did didn't you work with us during? The Buffy heyday. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't fun. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to stand up for all the fanatic Buffy fans because I don't want to hang around them. <laughs> for most of them, but you know, don't let that affect your view of the show, please. Well, well, well. So, what's the stereotype? As someone who didn't watch it while it was going on, and uh, apparently just grouped myself with some people that you want to keep a distance from. <laughs> It's more the people that get really into the vampire aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, some right. of them have graduated to, bec- or what's the opposite of graduated, but uh, they've gone on to become kind of, you know, Twilight people, maybe. Yeah. They've made full turns. Yeah. And the people that, d- that really love the show, but I guess didn't really get it all the way. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Yeah, no, like, the, the, my least favorite part of it is... The vampires and the monsters, like <laughs> right. <laughs> There's even an episode of Buffy where they make fun of people like that, like that get all obsessed about the vampire thing, you cool. know. Oh yeah, and that was probably in response to those people that you saw coming into the store. <laughs> yeah, they deal with that. <laughs> That's like that yeah, season two with that whole weird vampire cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very self-aware show. It's it's got a lot of opportunities in this vein and it takes them all and you're not going to be happy with them all but for some <laughs> somehow it makes it like even even when you uh, don't want to see half the people on screen no I'm just kidding it's never that bad <laughs> back to what you said earlier Joe like it's a show where you will rarely 
be 20 minutes into it and know how it's going to end. Hmm. Right. It's like they're they, always doing something to mix it up. Yeah. The, the easy out. Yeah. Like no one's phoning the show in. Yeah. Like, I mean, you might not love every episode, but it's like they are they're given it a, a good run at all times. But what if I'm expecting the unexpected because of the trope? <laughs> <laughs> Then will I know? Yeah, we've watched it like four or five times now. And so, I mean, we know how they all turn out and wow. we still rewatch, you know. All right. I'm on my, this is my fourth time through, so. We should watch every episode together. Right now. Yes. Let's go to the you really room. should watch it with somebody else, though. We'll go to the conference room. We'll watch it right now. 100% recommend not watching them by yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That could lead to all kinds of who knows what. Yeah. <laughs> Like but, what, but, but feeling most, sad about yourself or something? Yeah, or probably just you not getting through the show. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's enough goofiness in there that you want to experience with other people that just kind of fall flat if you're watching it on your own. Hmm. So it's no Futurama, because I can laugh no. if I'm alone or with some. It's no Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, let me write that down too. <laughs> Buffy is not Futurama. <laughs> Does Buffy spend all of its time in the kind of uh, horror horror fantasy thing, or does it go, you know, X-Files would kind of bounce around a little bit. It would be mostly sci-fi and do a little horror, do a little fantasy. Like, does it go sci-fi at all? Does it go, like, deeper fantasy more so than kind of horror? I mean, horror is pretty There's broad. There's definitely so. some, like, episodes that are really horror-based, but I'd, I'd say most of it is fantasy, though. Like, I'd say it, it's more fantasy that then delves into horror. Kara mentioned how, like, the examples of high school situations and turning them into metaphors was the one where the girl is ignored so long at school that she disappears or she's invisible. Whoa, and that what? is <laughs> that, 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 That's compelling. And that has a great, uh, I won't give the ending away to that, but they do a great job taking that one step forward at the end. Um, but that's, so that's, I mean, maybe a little bit of like sci-fi or something that's not like your normal, yeah. like, um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of jumps around, but yeah, mostly, mostly a lot of vampires, right? a lot of vampires. <laughs> it's, too in, it's the only like, thing you don't like about Santa Clara? <laughs> <laughs> Santa Clara. <laughs> it's a Lost Boys reference. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> and at this point, a Lost reference. <laughs> I, I agree with the what you said about oh. not really being into like the you know the the demons and and vampires and all of that, but like the premise of the show being that like you know at least starting out. It's a bunch of kids at high school, and high school is like a horror movie. And when you look at it in that context, I think it never really takes itself so seriously as shows or movies like Twilight or, you know, like they're not in love with the monster, I don't know, or obsession thing. It's more just like a point of reference and a point for comedy and like a, you know, a source of like, equating awful things that happen to kids women growing up kids in high school like just go ahead and like make that boyfriend who you know turns on you after you have sex with him into a vampire that turns evil like it's (laughs) (laughs) i never learned (laughs) but it's it's more just like a, a it's more an analogy than it is like getting into all these monsters right i can see that like i almost want to tie it to like star trek the original series like where it's you know it has a 
something to say that happens to be set in space. Yeah. It's it's a it's a fun backdrop for a better story. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But I do like so I don't like the monsters, but I do like the magic um, side of it. it Not like the solo. Yeah, I was going to say that's a that's a new T-shirt you should get, Joey. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I don't like the monsters, but I do like the magic. Yeah. <laughs> like I was trying to, I made a little column here of like all the big bads, and then the people that annoyed me in each season. I was like, well, hold on, come up with the things that you really liked in each season, and all I've got is Spike and the magic box. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to hear the stuff that you did not like, season. I, I am genuinely interested because uh, me and me and my roommate uh, John Denning, you Forbidden Planet people know him, just Aww. started watching it again with uh, with <laughs> our other roommate who's never seen it, and like we, me and John, like our other roommate is completely like enraptured by everything and is totally into it. And me and John just sit there making fun of shit the whole time because like we've all seen it before and there's lots of really goofy stuff in it and like Angel just creeping outside her window all the time. Like oh, there's lots of really fun stuff to make fun of throughout all of it. And it's just a weird dichotomy of somebody seeing it for the first time and us seeing it for the third or fourth time. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, well, so my, my annoying things per season, uh, one is more of an honorable mention. I don't mind the master, but he's not a great, he's not the greatest uh, villain um, to ever, to grace the screen. Uh, second season, we get uh, another, uh, uh, an extra Slayer comes, Kendra, and there's... <laughs> the worst that, accent in the history of television. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, like an Jamaican unnecessary... Irish. I don't know. <laughs> Jamaican Irish, huh? Yeah, I... <laughs> It cannot. It sounds like an alcoholic coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a completely unnecessary complication, and like we we've got so much else going on, like totally didn't need that. And then third season, Faith. Like I have trouble with Faith the whole time, like from t- most of the time. And then Wesley also in the third season, um, and it's more just annoying. Like that, like like going back to Firefly again. Like I mean, there's only 13 episodes, and I'm sure they would have like bucked the system if it had a chance to go on. But during that first season, like you like all the characters. There's not really things done to to like to push them apart for long periods of time or whatever. But in Buffy, I mean, there's comp- so we got Faith who's just, I don't know, she just annoys me. And like Wesley comes in that's like, oh, like, hold on, we got the whole Scooby gang and Giles. And then why do I need Wesley to come in and mess and just frustrate me for no good reason? <laughs> and have fun with the show, right? Um, fourth season, the initiative, Riley, Walsh, and Adam, like you can just every that fourth season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, fifth season, you got Dawn. Uh, sixth season, the, the, the nerds are all right, but Warren kind of wears on me, like as, as it goes on, because he's just like he's just kind of like a, a somebody poking you with a stick. Like it's not really good villainish. It's just like this annoying dude. Um, and then in the seventh season, uh, the principal Robin Wood annoys the heck out of me. Wow, I, I want to take that list. Actually, Joe, if you could. Uh physically mail me each one of those season by season just send it to me in a sealed envelope and after I watch it I, like at the end of each season I'll just open the envelope and be like oh yeah that was annoying <laughs> <laughs> you got it 